Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to another great grow session here online at Metro Church. I'm Michael Battersby, and this is Linda Battersby. And uh, this is part two of our little session that we started talking about personality and behavior and how to get along with people. And so hopefully from the last one, uh, it'll be up there on the YouTube channel. Uh, people got a few tips about recognizing that we are all different we're all wired differently but that's for a reason god actually didn't just make us who we are but it's very important about understanding the way we are the different ways in which we express ourselves and how we communicate so just a quick recap and then we're going to talk about some of the ways we can make sure that we are getting along with one another and uh, being that encouragement and light to the world which god needs us to be so in terms of personality we learned that it's a gift from god and the gift made a little acronym which means G is how we get things done. Maybe you're a get, get it done now person. Maybe you're a bit more of a procrastinator. Take your time with it. Uh, the I is how we take in information. So maybe through your senses, more hands-on tactile, or more imagination and big picture and, and concepts. The F stands for where we find our energy, whether it's from internally and in having solitude just by ourselves, reflecting, or it's we get our energy when we're around others and around activity and action. And finally, the T is how we tackle decisions, either through logic and uh, rational thinking or how we feel about that and the values that are associated with how it might affect other people. And uh, we are all on different uh, parts of that scale. And I think we, um, we also found out these, um, these four quick things, pre, pre, uh, sort of precursory disclaimers, because I, li- I think a lot of people get concerned when we talk about personality that somehow we're boxed into one thing. It's like, no, no, it's a, it's a rich array of things, but there are patterns that we can identify and it does help us. So the first disclaimer was there's no right or wrong personality. And... Uh, that's very important to know. Uh, I think some people think that oh, I've got the wrong sort of personality. I need to change my personality. And that's, that's, that could be a dangerous thing. You need to realize that you do have a personality. And personality's job is to help manage our health and safety and, and to help find decent settings where we can thrive in. It also helps us to engage in, in situations where we can get things done and also draw upon group alliances uh, for protection, companionship, and where we find our identity. So personality is a very important part of our interacting with the world and with one another. Uh, thirdly, we do become more comfortable when we practice certain personality traits uh, and how we deal with things. So the more we do something, it's going to get more entrenched. It's like when you start writing with your right hand. Uh, if you don't use your left hand, you're going to become right-handed. And so handedness is also a part of that. And finally, our preferred, this is where I'm going to throw to Linda with some, uh, some very interesting and tough questions tonight. Um, is that our preferred ways of acting aren't always, in every situation, in the best interest of, of others. So even though I might like to be a certain way, in, in, in a particular situation, I might need to not be that way or modify my behavior, <clears throat> or excuse me, or preferred way of, of acting or behaving in that situation, uh, and actually use some godly wisdom, some grace, and some personal intelligence to help make that situation with that person um, more amicable, more more effective. So this is where we need to learn how to flex, isn't that right, Dale? Yes. That's what we're going to call tonight. It's called flex. Uh, so today we're going to look at how we be the best version of ourselves and uh, and flex with those around us that maybe have different ways of doing things. So um, thanks again for being here, Linda. 
I didn't have a choice, did I? <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. Pastor Jeff said you get it's a, it's a two for the price of one tonight. Um, so first question is, is it necessary, I talked about personality and behavior, is it necessary to ever modify our behavior? Can't we just be who we are? I think that's a really easy question. I think everyone could answer that and obviously, yes, it's important okay. that we modify our behavior. Um, I think it's important to know ourselves and then thereby try and understand other people and realize their differences aren't personal. Um, mm. And it's important that we all modify. Um, okay, well, so, so it's obviously the answer is yes. We do need to at times, yes. so, so, but why? why? What's the why behind that? Why, why do we need to? Well, we're part of a society, I suppose, and we have to get on <laughs> with people. And relationships are so important, not only because we're, the Bible tells us to have good relationships, but also it's part of our well-being. Well, you know, mm. rela good relationships yeah. um, make us happy and extend our life, actually. So it's really important in, important in so many different arenas. Yeah, okay. So it's, so it's funny that sometimes people will go, I don't want to change but they know that they're going to be unhappy with this relationship unless they do change. And so it's just, it's just learning how to change. So perhaps tonight we'll look at some of the ways we can flex, still be ourselves, but get along better with others. Um, so how do we modify our behavior? So without, you know, without wearing ourselves out or becoming something we're not, what are some techniques or ways in which we can start to modify? Well, um, behavior modification starts with habits um, and changing our habits mm. which might seem like a really easy thing to do if you have a particular you get upset with your spouse when they do a certain thing it might be you might want to change that behavior but it's actually difficult to do um, um, when you look at the brain the midbrain is the area where habits are formed and um, this is a really the automotive, the automatic sort of mm. area of the brain. So habits get formed there and then mm. it's very hard to change. They get entrenched. You think of like a, a running path and the more you run on like a, a running, like in the woods or something, for example, it gets pr mm. compressed and pressed and it's easier and easier to run on that path. And um, they're auto, they're, it's automatic. Really? You don't yeah. even think about what you're doing. Okay. Whereas... Okay, so the husband's washing up and he's clanging away. It's like you, you just always get irritated by that. If you practice being irritated, oh, he's clanging the dishes again. That's just going to become a, a trench in your thinking about you. You'll be cranky. Every time he does that, bang, straight back in that rut. Yeah, it doesn't... It's, it's so, it's so <laughs> entrenched and you're not okay. even thinking about it. It just happens. But to change those habits is quite difficult. That's probably why people don't change habits. It's not as easy mm. as just making a decision mm. to change. So the part of your brain, the front of your brain, which is the reasoning part, the part where you actually change the habits, um, needs lots of fuel. So when you hear like people mm. say it's important to get good sleep, you know, eat the right food, um, uh, exercise, yeah. That's part, you need those things to change habits because that's wow. fuel for the reasoning part of the brain. That's, that, so, that's, that's a really good point there. I'm not sure if I've ever heard it's put like that. So if you want to get better at learning how to change the way you think about something, which is done in the prefrontal cortex you're talking yes. about there, the decision-making, I'm going to make a choice. The energy it takes to make that choice is, is huge brain power. 
and repetitively, repetitively over a period of time where it becomes a habit and then can sit in, an, in the automatic part of our brain where it's natural. I'm, I'm in my groove now. So it's interesting that healthiness and exercise is really important for and behavior sleep. modification yes. and sleep. Absolutely. Wow. That's good. So th- you think about it, if you can change your habits and for good habits, then that's great because they're all, you know, it'll be automatic. You won't do it anymore. And we were discussing on the way here about how many days does it take to create a habit where you maybe, you know, instead of being the first person to you know, be loud in the morning, I'm going to practice being a bit quieter in the morning because the Bible talks about not being uh, resounding with, with joyous praise early in the morning because it actually irritates your neighbor. So those of you who are loud, oh, but the Bible says to be loud. Yes, it also says you can irritate your neighbor. So how, is, is there a set number of days or does it depend on the situation to practice a new behavior where it becomes automatic? Well, I'd hate to be depressing, but they can. They say that sometimes it can take up to like 250, 260 days to change a habit. Okay. So, so the book that I read about 21 <laughs> days, maybe that's not the <laughs> That's a bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> but look, there's some, just before we move on to the next question, there's a couple of quick things I can tell you about habits. Good, yeah. Um, first one is like New Year's resolutions, as Pastor Jeff says, doesn't, don't work. And that's because you need to have... Set habits and set goals that mm. are achievable, small, and you can win. Right. So small goals, easily achievable. Then the next thing is you add on to that. So you just 1% more. You just expand okay. that habit a little bit so more. So gradual improvement rather exactly. than big, amazing missions. Chunk out your habits. I won't go into it because I won't take too long. Um, if, you, if you do something wrong, if you end up yelling at your spouse and you didn't mean to, then, then, then don't wait a week to try and start this habit formation again the next day um, start Ooh. again Ooh. don't hold me to that I like this <laughs> so say sorry straight away <laughs> I didn't say that <laughs> um, and probably the last thing is realize habits are hard to change but mm. if you can if you stick with it and get and put good habits in your life then they okay. will also be there automatically. Okay, so you're so. not changing you're not changing your personality, but you're modifying your behaviour to to set you up to win. Exactly. More often, okay. Yeah. And it's, it's and, and it's amazing things, but it's our choice. But let me let me move a bit further to question three, which is talking about as Christians or people who want to find God's best. What's our responsibility, and and how much we actually lay down our life and and prefer others. Now, where is that line? Because I think a lot of people do that really well. They, they just It's always about everybody else, almost that they don't look after themselves. And I think some of you are probably thinking about people like that. They're just or constantly just being whatever they can do to help others. Whereas other people may be a little bit more, um, this, is, this is who I am, take, take, take it or leave it. So what do you think our responsibility is? Well, God. obviously, the Bible says that we're meant to lay down our lives for each other. So, that, so the answer, short answer is yes, obviously, we should do that. But um, mm. I think it's important always to realise um, we have ne- everyone has needs mm. and those needs have to be met as well. So we can lay down our lives and we should, um, but in the long term, we have, to, we have to also have a life that's happy and satisfies, satisfied. Okay. And depending on what those needs are, whatever the circumstance is, mm. sometimes you won't be able to, to put off getting that, those needs satisfied on a long-term basis because they're important. Depends yeah. on the, where, the, where the need fits in the hierarchy, like hierarchy of your yeah. needs. Okay. So, so if you're not safe, you're not going to be much of a blessing to people. You need to, be, you need to have your needs met of, of safety and general you know, res, res, respect and well, health. Well, respect and, is a good one because if respect is really important to men, you... For men, especially. 
Um, well, we won't stereotype here, but of respect. You said that. You said men. And I the said, man don't needs... say it on camera. Oh. So, <laughs> so if respect is an important <laughs> need, then it's really hard for you to be mm. in a relationship where you're not respected on yeah. a long-term basis. So but short answer, yes, yeah. but depends on the needs. Okay. All right. Varying needs. Okay. I think what the Bible says to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So if you don't have your needs met, if you're just, you, don't, you don't respect yourself enough or feel you have enough value, then you're going to be not so good at loving your neighbour because mm. you've got to, you do have to have your, yeah, you're laying down your life, but it's a choice, not something that's been pulled from you. Yeah. Jesus laid down his life willingly. It wasn't taken from him. Awesome. Okay. Um, personality traits. So personality traits, as we said last week, you know, whether you're loud or soft or fast or slow or really detailed or more, it's a big picture, see how we go as it happens. They don't carry moral value. There's not like a good personality that's more closely to, to, to Christ-likeness, even though we think if you're quiet and meek and gentle, I'm thinking, well, you didn't really see Jesus in, in, in action because Jesus knew how to be fiery. And, well, Jesus and had all, all of them. Yeah, he was we, all of them. Well, he was the best. He had all of them, yeah, but he also the manifested in the best version. Um, so, yeah, so personality itself isn't, isn't moral. It's amoral, so it's, it doesn't carry yeah. moral. Um, but there are ways and mechanisms... Um, of, of relating to each other that that can express what's going on in our heart and mind and and that's where it really counts how we use them is where it is where it counts so what's the role of, of character in uh in helping our ability to to be the best you know version of ourselves how much of that is a character issue versus you know habits and skills to be a better person and how much of it is actually character growing in god and becoming more christ-like so we use our personality well, I think growing is the first place to start. Mm. And I think it's really important to always be a person who wants to grow in every, every area of your life. I think, I think that's biblical. Yeah. God wants us to never stop in whatever it is, continue to grow. But also, I think with character, I think it's important to understand expectations. You, you might have a certain way of doing things or a certain um, belief or values, mm. um, and it's very difficult to put your expectations on other people because... Or your convictions on other Yeah, because I think I, as people, we do tend to think that our way of doing things is mm. the right, right way of doing things. And mm. quite often we don't understand other people's motivation when we're trying to get on with them. Mm. Um, Realising that we can't read people's minds and we have, to, we have to come with Christian character and think, God, yeah. I'm going to give this person the benefit of the doubt. Right. And also, I think on that, I, I want to mention the shoulds. It's something that we all have when we ha we're in relationships. We think they should do this. and mm. If they really love me, they, they would should. do this and they should do that. Yeah. And the shoulds are something that just create demands in your life and mm. they're usually not met. So... Just, I think if you understand that everyone's different mm. and you can't really see inside their brain What's to undersee yeah. why, they're, why they're behaving the way they are and give them the benefit Inter of the doubt. Interesting. We make it more about us and often it's just what's going on in that person's life and perhaps what's been in their background as to why they manifest like that. Okay, so giving grace and having wisdom, having patience and being the best we we can be. Um, so on that journey... Um, of growing and character. Are there some things we can do in terms of learning other people's styles or their habits and, and propensity or uh, particular mannerisms or way, ways of doing things that we go, okay, I've, I've learned that now. Uh, I'm more likely to adjust 
my expectation of them. Is there, what do you think we can do in terms of re- reading people? Well, I think um, generally our brain wants to classify things. Mm. So we meet people and we've met people before like that person. So we want to put people in a box. Why do, why do we do that? Because um, obviously there's so many inputs in our life and so many decisions we have to make in everyday life, mm. um, especially now, nowadays. And our brain is wired in such a way that we, we categorise things. I mean, we, you can see we have in, in nature, we categorise mm. animals and, you know, yeah. and that happens, yeah. that happens with people as well. We want to categorise them so that we can... We can understand yep. them quickly, yep. and then we can then we quickly know how to how we can communicate with them, how we, okay. we can get on with very them. Good. So, so we, we oh, rushed it's a, very good, is it? It's very good. <laughs> it's, it's like we rushed a judgment, not because we're judgmental. It's because our brain that's it's the most efficient way of classifying yeah. uh, that situation, that person, whether they're a threat, whether they're a possible uh, you know, a, something that's going to be an opportunity for me. Uh, and great, I, could, I I know where they are, and that, they're a musician. Okay, they're loud. Oh, they're, they're a businessman. Oh, that's a caring mum. It's like, okay, we very quickly do that so our brain can maybe draw on that later on. And that's not really getting to know someone. That's like very quick. Uh, so is there a way of actually observing people a little bit longer and deeper to actually learn what they're like and, and to get on better? Like, I guess married couples would be a good example or kids. Well, I suppose it's over time. And I suppose hmm. it's not rushing to judgment. Okay. Um, keeping, keeping yourself open to new input and... Okay. understanding that that maybe you really don't know completely who they are look it's mm. normal to do that i mean there's something called set point which we all have set set point in psychology that we all have and it, it's a way that we uh, we operate the traits in our life mm. um, personality traits i'm talking about here mm. um, they are pretty set i mean we can modify but when life circumstances happen or a situation happens um, imagine this is set point, we can move in a certain way um, while that situation is happening. To cope, to be able to cope with it. Or whatever the circumstance might be. But then as soon as things go back to normal, we we come back to this set point. Okay. So we don't really change, but we okay. can move. We revert There's, back to that which we're most comfortable. Yeah. And that's who we, that's sort of who we are. But we can we can and we can talk about flexing in a minute. But before we get into the uh, the notion of flexing, it's interesting. Um, Jesus obviously he Jesus knows everything. Like he, he, and he drew he drew upon the wisdom of his father and the Holy Spirit um, to be able to you know understand people understand. And we we you know those of us who ask the Holy Spirit into our life and 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 imbibe His wisdom and, and read the Word, we actually do have that capacity to. To understand and know things about people that even are beyond just that, that which we see, that we can perceive, we can, um, you know, can almost like get a sense of what someone's like. I think that's, that's, that's a gifting that you can actually have that's part of the prophetic gift. I think Jesus showed that when he knew what Peter was like. Peter was impetuous, you know, spoke first and sort of thought afterwards, and he was always quick to jump out of the boat and to, to go to rally to the cause. Uh, but Jesus knew how to handle him, how to calm him down and to, to, to manage him. Uh, with people like John, the, the disciple that Jesus loved, um, he knew that John needed a lot of affirmation and, and affection. Um, as a man, as even as a fisherman, as a as a as a as a man of the the world, he still had that personality that needed that affirming. So Jesus saw that, you know. He's, John put his head, you know, he laid his head on on Jesus' uh, chest. It's like Jesus could have gone, "Oh, guys, don't do that." He knew John needed that, so he read that about 
John and then of course Thomas, we know about Thomas. Um, he could have thought that Thomas was just being negative when Thomas said, I don't believe it's you, Jesus. I don't believe it. Show me the nail scars in your hands. Jesus could have thought, oh, you know, what's well, this guy's? What sort of disciple is he going to be? He understood Thomas had an inquiring mind and you had to, you had to line up scientifically what, what he'd experienced. And so I think once we do understand people, we do measure their uh, reactions and their, and their actions more wisely rather than taking offense at them. We can understand that's more about what they're like. So, yeah, it's a bit... Like yeah, reading, reading people. You're very good at reading people. Am I? Yeah, you are. You're very good. Linda can size sizes up pretty quick. Uh, number Don't six. About that. <laughs> six. Okay. Um, can we be upfront uh, with others, particularly if you're with your close relationships or important relationships, you know, friendships, um, obviously marriage relationships, ministry, uh, ministry uh, life relationships, work relationships. Can we be upfront with the people we're doing life with? about what we need because of our personality? Well, to, you know, I'm, I, knew, I'm, I knew this question was coming, and I, I, think, I think it depends on the, depends on the relationship. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually going to push this one back to you oh. and say, what do you think? Because I think I'd oh. like to know what you think. I'm, I'll have a different answer, okay. but you say what well, you think. Well, you're a bit more independent. I'm a bit yeah. more col- maybe collaborative or whatever. But I, I figure life's really important. I think if, if the most important things about getting on are kept as a secret in your vault and you're not willing to share and engage with some, not a contract, not a prenup about how you're going to do life. <laughs> but I think it's, it's like setting up um, fair play, you know, like, like an MOU, a memorandum of understanding or a rules of engagement. How, when I... Like, for example, okay, for example, Linda, and I'm going to talk about us just for be a second. Be careful. Be careful. I will be careful. <laughs> uh, Linda's an introvert. Even though she's got the capacity to, to flex and to be, um, to be engaging and, and be warm and explicit and stuff like that, generally she's very self-contained and self, you know, with her own mind. But also being an introvert, you take a long time or longer time than an extrovert to, to process perhaps what you're thinking and how you're feeling about a situation, and you want to do that by yourself. So when we were, used to argue... Well, well, not by myself, more in your head. In, internally, in, internally, yeah, internally. So in, in the early days of our marriage, <laughs> when we used to, we used to fight, you know, good, oh, good, we never good, fight. good fights, good fights. <laughs> I couldn't understand. I was a bit more maybe like the, the, you know, the, the stereotypical, you know, the emotional, I can't say emotional woman, but they, they, that's, <laughs> uh, books say that women are more emotional and guys are more Old logical. Books. Old books. <laughs> that's right, old books. But I'd be like, come on, let's talk about it. And, and Lynn didn't want to talk. I want to talk about. It. I want to talk about. It. I want to get put this problem resolved, and I I didn't real. I thought you just didn't like you. What do I talk about? I'm I fine. Was withholding. You are. Yes, you're withholding. It's like I'm fine. I don't want to talk about. It. No, I don't. I thought, what's going on here? There's this barrier. But if I had a known, Michael, just I'll just give me give me a few minutes. I just I hear what you're saying. I see a few moments to process just how I feel about that, and then can we can we come back? Can we revisit this later? That yes. conversation never happened like that. It would have saved a lot of grief. So my, 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 I posit this. If you are self-aware to do the best by the people you're doing life with, I think without going, now, here's my resume of my personality. I like lots of detail. I like, but like you go for a job interview, they want to find, you want to find out about, you know, what, where do you see yourself in five years' time? In this hypothetical situation, what would you do? They're asking questions of the potential that's employee. More, I think that's more. I think the employee can get the employer can give you concrete information, start time, end time, duties. No, but they're, I, they're but they're asking questions about you. We how disagree would you, on this. How would you how would you how would you deal with the situation? I'm thinking that's pretty nitty gritty stuff about whether you're going to employ this person, about their culture, their attitude, their worldview. Yep. 
in relationships, I'm not talking about job now, but in relationships, wouldn't one want to find out a bit about how a person, uh, what they consider important about how to manage conflict, about of, how to man- make decisions? On a close relationship, yes. Okay, well, good. That's what I'm talking. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So that, the first thing I said is depends on the relationship. Okay. Well, okay. So you're right. We're both right. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, but I'm more more right than you. You are more right. So let's set, so let's set up a. I've written written this phrase. I said I, I believe a lot of conflict occurs because we're not prepared to invest in these startup parameters in our relationships, rules of engagement, mutual awareness, and a pragmatic process of transparency. And the Bible talks a lot about if someone offends you, go to them. It doesn't say, oh, if someone offends you, uh, just keep your own heart right and hopefully they won't do it again next time. No, it says go to the person. So I'm talking about we need to be proactive in our relationships and say, look, what you did there, maybe you were uh, having a bad day, but I, I took that as meaning that maybe you didn't respect my opinion and start the dialogue. It's Now, once again, why are you looking at me like that? Not- once again, it's, <laughs> it's about how you do it. If you go to someone and say, oh, you really offended me, I'm really hurt and da-da, then if that person didn't know they offended you, you've just probably now offended them. I've had people in my life like that, haven't you? I mean, you know what I'm talking about, darling. <laughs> people have rung me up years later and said, you know, that you really, really hurt me back then. Okay. I'm like, I got off the phone and they, they've got it off their chest and I'm like, I never clue what was going on. So I think we need to be upfront about those sort of things. Um, you know, First Timothy talks about how to treat our elders. It talks about how to treat young people, how to admonish and how to uh, show respect. And so there is, there is things in the Bible. Of course, the Apostle Paul you know, do things orderly and do all things in, with, in order and also in a way that you might win people. So we want to win people, don't we? We want to help engage and take away the barriers and get on the same page. And that's interesting. We, we've just had a, a referendum, which is trying to divide people, but we are going to move forward. What's that look for? What's that? <laughs> Can't talk politics in church, no. All right. So last question, darling. Does the Holy Spirit give us capacity capacity to be more than the sum of our personality? Say say again, so does does the Holy Spirit help us in being more than just the sum of our personality and and, and trying to manage our life, trying to make good decisions, trying to, um, as you say, form new habits? What's the role of the Holy Spirit? How do you see that working? Well, I suppose, uh, firstly, uh, personality is just one facet of who we are. But we've mm. talked a lot about behaviour, personality. I think um, when the Holy Spirit comes and touches your life, really all bets are off. I mean, mm. he can just change your biology if he so desires. So mm. I think Holy Spirit can do whatever he wants. Okay. So, but so, so things like prayer and spending time with the Holy Spirit, talking about these issues in your life, you find the Holy Spirit can actually give you a different perspective on why you're struggling with things and maybe even give you a piece about how to, how to absolutely. manage Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, look at you. I just see how much you've grown in, the, in, the, in your life. As you, you're very, you know, you're very focused, very independent, very like that. But you've, you've learned to, not because it's a religious Christian thing to do to be a nice pastor's wife. It's because you really feel like pastor's God's wife. given you, well, that's what I'm saying. That's the whole stereotype of you've got to, be, you've got to act like this because of some uh, pre-prescribed thing. I think, you know, let's not put people in boxes. But if the Holy Spirit wants to use you to, to, to love and reach people... That's going to be real hard work for your personality naturally, isn't mm. it? Yes. So you've grown. So have how have if you, can you think about? No, it's not on, on there. But how how has that happened? Just over time, is asking God to give you that strength and that capacity to for others. I think it comes back to to growing. I I want to grow. I don't want to mm. be the same. No, no matter mm. how old I am, I want to continue to grow. And that's 
that's just not in, in learning and education. It's every part of my life. Um, I want to influence. I want to be an influencer of people. So I think you've got to understand people and, and learn how to flex. Let the Holy Spirit help you. Because so you can continue to influence at whatever level. Yeah. So yeah. So you flex. You find you you flex a lot, haven't you? So you yeah. come come back to your set point. We go home after church or a big event, and we're whew, just peace and you know re recalibrate. But there's that capacity, like a like a like a, a tree, a tree in a, in, a, in a storm or you know, mm. a lot of wind. You can actually move. So I think give yourself, you know, people, folks who are listening, give yourself more credit, uh, your capacity with, I know there's neuroplasticity and there's all sorts of things we talk mm. about, but if you've got a heart to grow in God, as Linda said, uh, there's incredible capacity to, to actually be, be all things for all people. Um, but you still come back and be yourself, Linda, Michael, mm. Mitch behind the camera there. Love, love you. Love your work, Mitch. Um, any other final comments before we, we sort of uh, close off, Linda? Um, Encouraging everyone? Okay, let me think. I suppose I think I go back to the the thing that um, you really don't know what people are feeling and thinking. Mm. I, I know that probably sounds negative, but it's not because, I mean, mm. I was reading some research recently talking about empathy mm. and it's saying that People, people don't really empathise in the in the true sense of the word. They found it. They found out when with all these studies, people empathise according to their own feelings. So I say that to say, you know, give people grace. You know, don't look at someone's behaviour and 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 make a judgement mm. about why they're doing that. Realise mm. that you've got your set of you've got your personality, your experience, whatever your life circumstances. You've got yours, mm. and I need to give you grace and, and understand mm. I don't know what you're really thinking. Mm. I don't know where you've been. I don't know where you're going. So if I want to get on, get on with you, mm. I need to give you grace. Yeah. I think that would That's be my good. number one thing. Great. Yeah, we're very quick to judge, uh, and social media's made it even quicker to judge without any recompense or any uh, consequence. Um, so yeah, going back to my point five then about uh, or point six about being upfront, you know, talk, to, have conversations uh, with people that are in your world about what's important to you, and, and maybe there's ways you can be ways of being which will help bring out the best in that person. Uh, you know, I often ask, you know, is there is something I can do to be a, a better husband? Is better? And the list is so long. <laughs> no, the list, you know? <laughs> she always has come up with just two things: is can you please tight, keep that room tidy and stop leaving your stuff around the house. <laughs> Okay, I'll, that's that's a pretty easy one, really. But it's a, but because I've I practiced my whole life doing that, it's a hard habit to break. So I'm going to start the new habit. Uh, but final comments for me, Linda. Just, I think as Christians, as you know, we see the Word of God imprint and printing upon us, and the, and the Word is alive and active, and it can actually change things. It's just it's a miraculous thing to see God touch our life and change us if we're yielded. And um, I really think that also there's there's a, a responsibility on us to not just be aware spiritually but also god's given us a brain i think there's a thing called personal intelligence and it's not just for people who are social scientists or people who are, are pastors it's like we all have a responsibility to, to take take a minute to yeah, think about what that person might be thinking right now and perhaps what i can do or not do to be a part of the answer in that situation a bit of personal intelligence um and uh my three words for that are being self-aware self-improvement always wanting to grow as linda said and being selfless and realizing that God's got our back. Let's get other people's backs. And so perhaps you're listening tonight. Um, thanks for joining us, by the way. Thank you, Linda, for your input and your wisdom. 
and going pretty easy on me. Uh, perhaps you've been listening to this and, and you're not, not a regular at church, or maybe you have been uh, tuning in quite a bit, but you haven't made that real conscious decision to say, you know what, my life totally belongs to God. I totally yield all my personality, all my life, all my plans, all my future, all my heart to Him. Um, it's a very simple response. The Bible talks about it as being born again. And that means just saying, God, I want to start a new life with you. And that's simply by saying yes. And so um, on your screen, you'll see a number there that says 0488-826-392. That number again, 0488-826-392. If you text the three letters Y-E-S, yes, to that number, uh, we will send you some information about how you can begin a walk with God. But what I pray for you right now, if you'd like to say yes to God, just pray this prayer with me in your heart. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the, the rich an incredible, uh, diverse way you've made us and how each of us are different and we're special. You said that you know the numbers of the hairs on our head, that you created us and knew us before we were even formed in our mother's womb. So God, we are special. Every single person listening to this is special. Maybe they have never felt special. They've always felt like they're a leftover or they're a nuisance or they don't have a purpose. But God, that is an absolute lie. I thank you for your love for us, that we are your children. And for those that maybe have walked away or never truly trusted their life with you, I, I pray right now that they would encounter you and experience your love as they open up their heart to you now. To say yes to Jesus and he will love you. He will lead you. He will save you. We thank you for a great time together. We thank you for a, a great week in your presence, being the best self that we can be for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody, for being part of Grow Part 2. Oh, yes, and if you've got an email person, yes.metrochurch.org.au. There's the, the Linda's detail coming out. Don't forget the detail. Uh, thanks so much, and we'll see you again real soon at Metro. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks, Pastor Jeff. Thanks, Linda. Bye.